Blog Talk Radio. Good evening, everybody. This is Pastor Ted Payton, Grace Through Faith Worship Center, here today for our midweek Bible study. Let us pray. Father God, we just thank you for another day, Lord. We just bless you. We come before you this day with a heart of thanksgiving, acknowledging you in every way. So, Father, we just bless you. As we go forth studying your word, Lord, we actually just open our eyes and ears and our heart, Father, so that we might see and hear what it is that you would have for us. And, Lord, just bless everyone that's listening, O oh God, and we just thank you, Father, just for your goodness, because you are a good God all the time. And as such, we just want to lift up your name today as we go to your word. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Well, good evening. This is Pastor Ted Payton, Grace Through Faith Worship Center for our midweek Bible study. Uh, we have been looking at the book of Ephesians. Ephesians, this is Paul's letter to the Ephesians, and he's given them instructions. And I'm going to do somewhat of a recap and continue to go. Um, I know we're not moving through this very fast, but it's a lot here. And we want to just take our time and go through and just talk about what it is saying. Now, before we started at the first verse, Ephesians 1, and we want to start at the first verse with his Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ, by the will of God to the saints which are at Ephesus and to the faithful in Christ Jesus. Now, um, so many times when you begin to read the word of God and you read a statement like that, Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ by the will of God, and it sounds like maybe just some, just an introduction, but let's just say, well, it is an introduction, but it says a lot more than might just come to the eye readily when you begin to uh, look at this. It says, Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ, an apostle. Paul is making an announcement as to who he is. He, he is saying, I am an apostle. And not only that, he's saying that I am apostle. I am someone who's been called to this position. I am someone who's been called not by man, not by man, man, mind you. No one appointed me to this. No one appointed me to say, well, you are now elevated to deacon so-and-so or this or that. He is saying that I am a person who has been who have been called by God to be who I am, called by God, Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ by the will of God. This is God's will for my life. And what I am doing is I am coming to the saints, which are at Ephesus. I'm coming to those people who are called out by God. I'm coming to those people who have acknowledged Christ. Those people who have acknowledged Christ, those people who have said that Jesus is the Lord of my life, those people who have recognized that Jesus went to the cross and he died for them, I'm coming to their saints, to the saints, which are at Ephesus, and to the faithful in Christ. You know, listen to this. Now, there are a lot of people that are born again, but there are a lot more that are not faithful to Christ. There are a lot of people that consider themselves to be born again, but there are also many people who are not considered faithful in Christ Jesus. There's a difference. There's a difference in someone who just go to church just to be going so to say, God, I've done my duty for this week. I'm going to church. And for those who go out of relationship that they have in Christ, 
So Paul says, I'm an apostle. Now, being an apostle, there's something interesting about that because if Paul acknowledges that he is an apostle, and it makes a difference when you recognize someone as the called elect of God. It makes a difference because the Bible says that when you receive a prophet as a prophet, you will receive that prophet's reward. So if Paul comes and says, well, this is who I am, this is who God has called me to be, therefore I am that. And if you as a child of God would recognize or and honor him, honor Paul as being the person that he say he is, the person he says that God called him to be, if you honor him as such, then as you receive from him the word that he might teach, you will also receive what you will consider a a prophet's reward, an apostle's reward. Why? Because he have would have the authority to speak. He has the authority to speak into your life. And when you acknowledge him as being that person, then he can speak into your life. In other words, that faith that by which you are doing what you're doing will bring those rewards that would come as a result of Paul being who he said he is and you believing that he is who he said he is. That's like making a confession about Christ. Now, I'm not saying that Paul is Christ, but the Bible says when you confess with your mouth and believe in your heart that Jesus is who he said he is, then you are considered born again. It's likened unto that same thing. Paul says, this is who I am. And when you acknowledge as to who he is, then that faith that you are using to acknowledge that says that, okay, this is who Paul is, okay. Now, when he speaks a word into your life, by faith you receive that, then you can receive that person's reward as such. To the saints. God has called us to be saints. He's called us to be holy, which is what this word will say as we move forward into this. Now, Paul, who he says is, you, you are allowing him to sow into your life as a man of God. As a result, then what he says, when he calls those things that be not as though they are, they will be as such. Why? Because he's the elect of God. He's the call of God. To the faithful in Christ. Faithful in Christ. What are the faithful in Christ? Faithful in Christ would be those people who not just walk the talk to talk but they walk the walk. It's not about doing things for Christ. It's about being who God said that we are. To the faithful in Christ. Being who God said that we are. If he says that we are the head and not the tail, then we act that way. We walk out who God said that we are. We walk out who he said that we are. And to the faithful in Christ Jesus. That means that Paul was talking to a lot of people. The faithful. You know, in most churches you have the faithful and then you have the other people. What they call the 80-20 rule, the 20-80 rule. 20% of 100% of the people in the church, 20% take care of the 80% of the needs of the church. And the other 80% handle the other 20%. For whatever reason or why that is, I don't know, but that's just the way things seem to pan out. Okay, so Paul is the apostle, and he's teaching, and you receive the awards he has as a result of him being 
who he say he is, and then it goes on to say, grace be to you. Grace be to you. Hmm. Grace be to you and peace from God our Father and from the Lord Jesus Christ. Grace be to you. God called us even before the foundation of the world, which we're going to see as we go forward. Grace be to you. Grace. Grace and peace are gifts to be received by faith. There's no other way to receive what God has for us other than by faith. Grace and peace are gifts. They are gifts to be received by faith. But Peter revealed that grace and peace can be multiplied through what? The knowledge of him. You can get more of it when you have a knowledge of it. According to your knowledge you receive from God, it can be multiplied through the knowledge, through the knowledge of Jesus Christ. God's gifts are available to everyone, but only those who know and understand will reap its full effects. Let me say it again. God's gifts are available to everybody. That's like salvation is available to everybody. But only those who know and understand will get the full effect, the benefits. Only those who know and understand. So many times we have people who know something by head knowledge, but to know is a little bit more than head knowledge. It's an intimate relationship with God. You know, you know by the Spirit. You know by the Spirit. You know by the Spirit. And according to your knowledge, and understanding of what you know, you can receive from God. That's like when you're doing your taxes. If you don't know about certain deductible benefits, you can't receive from them because you don't know about it. That's why two people with identical situation can file their taxes. Some know a little bit more about what they're doing than others, or they will reap the benefits according to what they know. According to what they know. And those who don't have the knowledge of, that they need in order to take maximum benefit, they will, as a result, not benefit as much because they are lacking in knowledge. My people are destroyed for a lack of knowledge. My people are God's people are destroyed for a lack of what they do not know about him. For my people are destroyed for a lack of knowledge. When you know things, there are benefits. There are rewards for living for Christ. There are rewards. There are benefits. And we need to know and understand that. We need to make the connection between who God is and his word and our everyday life. The more we know about him, the better we can take advantage of everything that he would have for us. Verse 3 Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who hath, past tense, who hath blessed us with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ. Everything that we have when it comes to Jesus is always in and through Christ. We have it because of what Christ did, because of who Christ is. The benefits of what we have 
are as a result of what Christ did and who he is. It is through and in Christ. We have all spiritual blessings. We need to understand that the spirit world is more real than our natural world. We need to understand that we can look at something and see things that may be factual and also understand that when truth attacks a fact, then truth will prevail. It may be a fact that I have a cold. That is a fact. I have the symptom to prove it. But the truth of God's word said that I am healed. So even though the fact point to me having a cold, the truth of God's word says I'm healed, so which do you want to believe? Because even though you may have a cold as a fact, truth comes in and trumps a fact. And take a fact, remove it, and the truth prevails. So we've been blessed, us, with all spiritual blessings in Heavenly places, in heavenly places, that means in the spirit realm, in Christ. We have been blessed with all spiritual blessings. Now, these things are now spiritual realities. These things are now spiritual realities, right, spiritual realities. But our spiritual man is already complete, okay, as we believe and act in faith, as we take it on act in faith, these spiritual blessings become what we call manifested in the physical realities. See, in the spirit, our spirit man is already perfect. He's already healed. He's completely perfect and all of that in the spirit realm, our spirit man. But see, this physical body is not. And as we take who we are in the spirit and begin to apply it, then we can change some things in the natural because what? The spiritual reality, the truth of God's word can change any fact. It can change any fact. So in heavenly places is used four times in the letter in Ephesians. And in the other three references, it's clear that Paul is talking about real places which are beyond earth's atmosphere. Heaven is a real place. Heaven is a city. It's a place. It's a place where you can walk around and do just like what you're doing here on earth. Heaven is a place. It is a place. Some people have a problem understanding that, but see, that's what the Word of God says. Paul is talking about real places which are beyond earth's atmosphere out there somewhere. Real places. Real places. Now, it goes on to say, verse 4, according as he has chosen us in him, before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and without blame before him in love. According as he has chosen us. God chose us even before the foundation of the world, even before we were ever thought about in our mind. God has chosen us. And the Bible is going to talk about predestination in the next verse, being predestined. See, God died for the sin of the entire world. The sin of the entire world has already been forgiven in Christ. 
It's already been taken care of. Many are called, but few are chosen. Now, it's available for everybody, but you have to understand that everybody's not going to take advantage of what Christ has already done. Many people will go to hell with their sins already paid for. Why? Because they didn't accept what Christ did for them. God made that decision even before the foundation of the world that we should be holy. He made that decision. That's who we are. And when we accept him, that's who we are. That's what we should behave like. That's what we should do. That's what we should act like. That's who we are. But so many times as Christians, we act like everything but. We will. We just refuse to be who God has called us to be. And the reason why that is is because the word of God is not sown into our hearts to a degree that it can change us. In order for the word of God to work in you, you have to meditate on it day and night. It's like sowing a seed. You know, we talk about that a lot. Sowing a seed, you have to sow that seed day and night. Meditate on it. Allow it to change us. A change. A change. The Word of God is living. It's a living organism. It will change you. If you eat the Word of God, if you devour it, if you meditate on it, if you read it, if you study it, if you meditate on it, if you think on these things, if you do that, it will change your very life. Verse 4, according as he has chosen us in him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and without blame before him in love. Holy and without blame in him before love. That we should be holy. We can live holy. Jesus did it. He modeled it. We can live holy. The Bible said when you walk in the Spirit, you will not fulfill the lust of the flesh. When you meditate on the Word of God and you walk in the Spirit and you allow your spirit man to be stronger than your five senses, then you can walk and walk in perfection just like Jesus did. You can be holy. But a seed has to have fertile soil. It has to grow. And we have to take the word of God and put it into our hearts and watch and see how it grows. See how it grows. Why? Because the word of God is living. It comes in the form of a seed. And when that seed is nurtured, when that seed is cultivated, it will grow and it will eventually produce leaves, branches, and eventually fruit. So the question to ask the Christian, that Christian that loves God, that Christian that walks in faith, that person, how did he put it, the faithful in Christ, the faithful in Christ, the faithful in Christ is determined by the amount of fruit or the quality of fruit that you produce in your life. Talk all you want to, but where's the fruit? Like the commercial used to say, the little old lady says, where's the beef? Where's the beef? You talking, where's the beef? Where's the fruit in our life? Where is the fruit in our life? We talk about it, but where is the fruit in our What fruit? Give, let me give you an example of what some fruit can be in your life. 
And we'll probably go to another scripture. Let's go to Galatians 5. To Galatians 5. Let's go there. Let's talk about some fruit for a second. Let's just kind of like leave Ephesians for a minute. Let's go to Galatians, I believe it is. Galatians 5. Galatians. Uh, let's see. Galatians 5. 22, I believe. Let's go there. But the fruit of the Spirit is, okay, the first thing the fruit of the Spirit would be would be love. The fruit of the Spirit is love. Now, love is expressed in many different ways. It is expressed in joy. Love is expressed in peace. Love is expressed in long-suffering. Love is expressed in gentleness. Love is expressed in goodness. Love is expressed in faith. Love is expressed in meekness. Love is expressed in temperance. If love is expressed in our life in all those different ways, then, you know what, if we're consistent with it, there would never be any reason for the policeman to lock us up or go to jail. Because against such, where you see such operating in anyone's life, there's no need to lock him up for doing something wrong. Because love is being expressed. And love covers a multitude of faults. It does. And they that are Christ have crucified the flesh with the affections and lusts. Crucify the flesh. Listen, when you live for God and you allow your spirit man to rule and reign in your life, when you do that on a consistent basis, it squashes those things that the flesh wants to bring up. When you want to get upset about something, the Holy Spirit is right there. You don't need to do that. You're better than that. I got something for that. I got something for that. I got something for talking back. I got something for resisting. I got something for getting upset. I got something to manage all of that. Why is that? Because that's what love does. It covers those parts. Love can look over all of that. When the Bible says pray for your enemies, how many Christians do that? Pray for your enemies, we we don't even pray for those people who are not our enemy. We don't even pray for our family members. According as he has in us before the foundation of the world, has chosen us in him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and without blame before him in love, having predestinated us unto the adoption of children by Jesus Christ, to himself according to the good pleasure of his will. Adopted. Now, we need to understand something about an adoption. When the Bible talks about being adopted, when a child is adopted, legally adopted, they have all the rights and privileges of a child that was born into that family by the natural parents. The adoptive child have all the rights as their sister or brother that was born naturally into that family. And because God has adopted us into the body of Christ, we have all the rights and privileges that Jesus, the Son of God, has because he's our brother in Christ. 
We have all the rights and privileges. Why? Because we've been adopted. Now we are just the sons and daughters of God. Just as Jesus is, so are we. Why? Because that's the way it works. We've been adopted. Predestined and us unto adoption of children by Jesus to himself according to the good pleasure of his will. That's it. That's it. We've been adopted. We have been adopted. And God did not choose us on our own merit. We need to understand that. We're talking about grace. God didn't choose us because we were so good. He didn't choose us because we were so wise. He chose us because he loved us. We are holy and without blame because God sees us through his son, Jesus Christ. When God look at us, he sees us through the veil of his son. And when he looked through the veil of his son, looked through the blood to look at us, that blood washes away any imperfection. That means all the ugliness that we have or had is taken away because God looks at us through the, his son, Jesus Christ. And his son is perfect. And God looks at us through his son, and we are perfect. And all we need to do is be perfect. Why? Because that's who we are. That's who we are. We are victorious. Why? Not because we're headed to a victory, but we are coming from a victory. We are not going somewhere to become victorious. We are coming back from somewhere because we are victorious. Why? Because of what Jesus did on the cross. Because of what Jesus did on the cross. Because of what Jesus did on the cross. And Paul is trying to get us to see that. He's trying to get us to understand what our spiritual blessings through Christ are. Our spiritual blessings through Christ. He's trying to get us to see what they are. And this last point, and we're going to stop here. There is nothing we can do to obtain forgiveness except humble ourselves and receive forgiveness as a gift through faith in Christ. As a gift through faith in Christ. As a gift through faith in Christ. There is nothing we can do to obtain forgiveness except humble ourselves and receive forgiveness as a gift through faith in Christ. The bottom line, it is through the riches of God's grace that we receive forgiveness for our sin. God decided to do that. He decided to do that. And there's nothing we can do or did that would make us worthy of what we have in Christ. It's all because of what Jesus did. On the cross, in the grave, when he got up. It's all because of what Jesus did. So no man can boast. We had nothing to do with the fact that we fell. Therefore, we don't have anything to do with the fact that we're being redeemed. Adam did it. One man fell. 
as a result of that, all mankind fell. And then Jesus came to redeem us back. One man went to the cross to redeem us all back. So we had nothing to do with the fall, and we don't have anything to, to do with the redemption except receive it. Why? Because God decided that he loved us. The Lord made that decision. And we need to understand that. We need to meditate on that because it was his good pleasure of his will. Father, we thank you for your word. Lord, we just bless you. We thank you for the teachings of Paul because he's that man that went and spent three-plus years in the desert with the Holy Spirit and was taught, and he is an apostle. And we thank you, God, that we are now taking this word that you put in his heart, and we are receiving that word even today, O oh God, understanding who we are. And, Lord, we bless you and we honor you because you're a holy God. There's none like you anywhere. You are a holy God. And as such, as we meditate on your goodness and on your mercies, O oh God, understand that we had nothing to do with it other than just to receive by faith in you what you've done for us. Lord, we are thankful that you are who you are. And we bless you, God. We bless you. In the name of Jesus, amen. Well, this is Pastor Ted Payton saying good evening to everyone, Grace Through Faith Worship Center. And a quick announcement on Saturdays at 6 o'clock p.m. at the event center in Bowie, we are having what you call a Bible study. A Bible study, open to the community, Bible study, coming just to share the word, teach the word, hey, to grow in the things of God, Bible study, not church, Bible study. We are coming to learn to gain knowledge about who God is. So you're invited every Saturday at 6 p.m. Father, we thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Goodbye, everybody. Till next time. Be blessed.